This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good morning to our online. And I just want to say a huge thank you to all the parents, because I know with the COVID thing kind of swept through our children's team, our staff, and team, and so we had to make some adjustments this week. So I just want to thank you for your flexibility. And the kids in here, listen, here's the deal. I love kids in the auditorium anyway, even babies crying and all that doesn't bother me at all. But thank you for your flexibility. We'll be back full steam next week. So how many have ever, with interest, you have watched um, like a TV show or, or something, um, a little news thing, about somebody who dug into their walls, you know, like maybe they were remodeling or something, and they found an art piece that is worth like millions of dollars. Have you seen that, that stuff? Yes, I have. Or else they found a bag of coins, you know, right, that was worth so much money, and they had been there for so long, and the first thing, what do you do? How many of you have thought, I wonder what's behind my wall? And, and like, so we, our house is not old. It's like 80 years old, but I did a remodel, and I'm thinking, if I could just find that art piece, Jesus, I would tithe 10% to you. That's what I would do right there. So anyway, and, and you watch that, and, and, and it's, it's kind, of, kind of interesting. Do you know that in the uh, church just recently, the plumber goes into the bathroom this actually happened. This is a true story. Plumber goes in the bathroom because the toilet was leaking. And so he starts taking apart the toilet and the wall. And he finds like 3,000 envelopes full of cash and checks. Yeah, t- totally. Totaling like nearly $600,000. Don't any of you go into our bathrooms here and start tearing apart the walls. I will guarantee you there's no money in there. I know because I checked. No, okay. Okay. So um, I got to tell you a story. So uh, some years ago, I was contacted by a national ministry who was going to do a story. They were doing it. They did a story on the lottery. And, and the thing is like, okay, we want to do a story of how the lottery, you know, it was their opinion, right? How the lottery kind of captures people and they spend a lot of money and nobody wins. So could you go up and buy some Washington State lottery tickets and then, you know, scrape them off and then send them to us, right? Because they want the spent ones, like, so here are some losers, right? So, yeah, I can do that. So I got some money out of petty cash. I go up to the local market, and I, I bought some lottery tickets, and guess what? We won! Yeah, totally, we won. So, you know, that was that story right there. And so I just sent them the losing tickets and go, here you go, here's, here's what you're looking for. How many... You have lost something, and you searched diligently for it until you found it. And when you found it, you were so happy. Yes, raise your hand. Okay, anybody? That totally happened to me just this past week, right? So I lost this pen I needed, and so I looked everywhere, and when I found it, I was, I was so happy, right? You found what was lost. Well, there's a story in the Bible about that. I want to read it to you. It's out of Luke. Um, chapter 15. And so if you want to go there, you can go to your Bible app or you can watch it on the screen here. Um, let's, let's follow along because it's about something that was lost and then found. And I want to draw some um, points to kind of ruminate on just, just, just a little bit as we talk about what this 2022 looked like for Gateway. Now, two weeks ago, we had to kind of take last week off because I was out uh, ill. Um, 
rolled out the 2022 road ahead. I'm going to talk to you about that today, but let's go to this story. So Luke chapter 15, or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is, a joy, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repent. Now there's a lot going on in this story. I just want to toss some things out to you. Number one, obviously something is lost, right? Because she's going to search for it, so something is lost. That's the first thing that we can agree on. Uh, secondly, is this coin has value, right? So it wasn't just something you go, oh, I, I lost it, you know, and good riddance, you know. It had value, and some feel like its value was equal to a day's wage. So today, your day's wage, you just lost it. You would probably look for it, and that's what's going on in this story. And there was a diligent search. So it wasn't just kind of a casual, I glance here, I glance there, I look over there, I look for it. No, there, there was a searching for this lost coin. It was a diligent search. And when it was found, what happened? The joy, right, is shared. So she calls in others. She's come and find, and they join in, in the joy. So there's earthly joy on this group. But then really the point of the story, there's heavenly joy, right? There's heavenly joy. That's the, that's the point, right? When one sinner is found, there's joy in heaven. The meaning of this story, this short little story, should not be lost on any of us as individuals or as a faith community passionate about making disciples. That is when lost people are found or when Jesus, when they discover Jesus, when they discover hope, there's joy individually and within our community because this is what we're about. So two weeks ago, we talked about experienced community. So our message is this, experienced community, find hope. And so we talked about experienced community. And I said this, and I'll just repeat it again today, that when we become a follower of Jesus, right, it should propel us two ways. Number one, inward into community with one another. So we seek fellowship with each other. And so we gather in settings like today, in person and online, you're joining us as well. And then we talked about meeting in smaller groups. It's a both and, and we saw that in the Bible. So we, we say to others, if you want to experience community, people that um, will gather around you and will love you regardless of your history, regardless of your past, regardless of your journey, you can do that here. And I pray that's what we're knowing for, experience community. I want to talk a little bit today about finding hope. How are we helping people find hope? Because the rebirth experience doesn't just propel us inward. That is not, that would not be right. That would, that's, that's just part of the story. This rebirth experience that results in this new life and a new hope must propel us outward. So it propels us inward to connect with one another, to be in relationship first with the Father, then in relationship with one another, but it has to propel us outward. That's the nature of the gospel. That's the nature of the good news, helping people find hope in Jesus. That's what we're to be diligently working at. And like this story, we recognize that Jesus, his spirit, is seeking lost people. And he's using you and me to partner in that. 
Now, it would be great, and sometimes I wonder why God just doesn't do it on his, on his own, because I think he could probably do better, at least I've said that. Like, God, why don't you just, like, do it, right? I just read yesterday, and this is an incredible story, and we've talked a little bit about it before, but I just saw it again yesterday, that millions of Muslims are coming to faith in Jesus. That is good news. Do you know what's happening? They're seeing dreams and visions of Jesus. It's happening around the world. And I love that. And I'm praying for the chief of the village that we're connected with, that Jesus would just appear to him in his dream and in a vision, and he would come to faith in Jesus. That's my prayer. And others are joining in that. And I go, God, why don't you just do something like that? Like for all of us, right? Just appear. But he's chosen to partner through you and me. That means we have purpose in life. That means we have something to do. So experience community, find hope. The rebirth experience, new life in Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, it must propel us outward. And the joy that we have when people come to faith in Jesus is only surpassed by the joy in heaven. So I want to answer two questions today. As we kind of wrap this up, next week we're going to get into this brand new series, Healing Broken Relationships. We'll talk more about that in in just a few minutes. But number one, how are we doing and what are we going to do? How are we sharing this hope with others? How are we helping others right now? And I've shared with you three things in the past. I want to bring them forward again. And it's this, good works, goodwill, and good way. So good works, good will, and good way. Everybody say good works. Good works, good will, and good way. So here's how it works, right? Our good works create good will that open the door to the good way or the good news of the gospel. So we're involved in doing good works. I asked Dave, who oversees this, this area, he does it so well, along with a team, what are some of the things that we did, we did as a faith community this year? So let me just share with you a little bit of the list that he gave to me. Some of the things that you did. So this is not like the pastoral stuff. You understand that, don't you? This is us. Because you gave and you helped and many of you were involved. Um, we, we, we paid rent. We, we bought gas. We bought a car battery even this year. Imagine that. Right? Paid for rentals. Paid for hotel stays. Mortgage payment. Bereavement expenses. Um, utility bills like, like water and power and so on phone bills, groceries, car repair, down payment for a van for foster care, and medical bills, rent that helps several families in need, motel lodging for a homeless man recovering from surgery, gas for a, a man who needed to drive to a heart doctor appointment. That's just representative of some of the things that you did this past year. These are the good works that we, that we pray develop goodwill that opened the door to good news. Some of the partnerships that we were involved in this past year, by the way, th- this is not like we were involved in them and now we're done. No, they, they, they continue. Scarlet Road, so you've heard of that. You're going to hear more about that. Scarlet Road helps women, young women, escape sex slavery. We're in partnership with them. We're helping them. The Life Matters. We Stand for Life Fund is active and that team is active. Olive Crest, foster care and adoptions, Caring for these families. Coffee Oasis in our city, just right across the street over here, helping kids at risk. They're a partner. Um, others help split and sack firewood for an elderly lady in, in Kingston. Um, our North Kitsap Fish Line 
um, part partnership that helps homeless women. A couple homeless men were provided a trailer to live in, Christmas gifts for families in need, and providing communion for shut-ins and those who are sick or injured. These are just some of the things that we did this past year that you you did, we did, that we pray open the door to the good news of the gospel where people are not yet followers of Jesus. So we pray that all of these good works develop goodwill. But listen, if we just were to draw a line right here, if we were just to stop right here, that would be okay, but that is not what we're about. We would be no different than the really good organizations in our city like like Rotary and, and so on and so on and so on. A lot of really good organizations are doing this, but that is not what we're about. I remember one Sunday, it's been a little bit ago now, maybe you were here, I said, you know, Gateway is not about feeding people and Gateway is not about closing people. And on that Sunday when I said, and you probably have heard me say it before, there was a noticeable, oh, isn't that what we're doing? Yes, we're doing that. Yes, we're doing that because I believe the Bible calls us to do that. But that is not our purpose is to share the good news of the gospel. And these are just a means to an end. This is why we do it, so that we can share the good news of the gospel. So we're involved in what Jesus is doing through these ways. It sets us apart from the great organizations that do those things because we're different. Because we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. And we believe that a relationship with Jesus, when you find Jesus, you find hope. And you might be living hopeless in all of life, but when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you immediately discover hope for a brand new life. That's what sets us apart. And so for the road ahead, I just want to share some areas of how we will help. How will we help? So this is what with some things we've done, but how are we going to help now as we move into 2022? Not the only things that we're doing, but I want to share with you just a few things, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to go like, I want to be a part of that. Now, many of you are involved in doing things already, but these are some new things that some of you may want to jump on board with. I pray because there's so much to do. I am so thankful for our children's ministries. Now we have a little bump in the road today because of, you know, the COVID, COVID thing. We'll be back next week. I'm so thankful for this incredible team that ministers to our children. Um, I, I forget. Shelly has told me how many volunteers. This is like 100 plus something, something volunteers. People like you who come together and help reach children and disciple children. I love it. And throughout the year, you know we have events where the good news is shared, like our, our day camp. And last year, you know, I, the, it was 25 or 30 kids who came to faith for the very, very first time. And the team knows that because they have the, a way of, of, of knowing that I am so thankful. And this year, guess what? We're going to experience the same thing. There are going to be kids who are going to come and they're going to kneel at these altars during day camp. And I've seen it year after year after year. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to receive Jesus as their Savior. We are still going to do that. We will not give up on that. And I'm so thankful for so many people who are part of that. Of that. 
One of the areas that we've been dreaming about and I'm really excited to share with you is really with a goal that Shelly shared with me and it just connects to something that we've been wanting to do for many, many, many years and that's an expansion of our very special Christmas party into a brand new ministry. Are you ready? It's called Gateway Buddies, Gateway Kids Buddies. I want to share it with you because it's going to connect with some of you and you're going to go like, that's what Jesus is calling me to do right now right there. Um, Gateway Kids Buddies is going to support children who need special care, whether it's just every week or on days where they require a little extra support. These Gateway Buddies, these volunteers will be trained to assist in Gateway Kids classes to create the best environment for kids with special needs. Why does having a healthy, visible Gateway Kids Buddy program matter that, that reaches out to families and children with special needs? Let me just share with you some stats. I mean, I hope they kind of grab your heart like they did mine. Here they are. Nearly 50% of special need parents said they refrained from participating in a religious activity because their child was not included or welcomed. And I want to say, like, not at Gateway. We want to reach out and we want to welcome them and say, look, you are a part and we welcome you. Almost one-third of the special needs families who did try church said they had left at least one church because their child was not included or welcomed. And I want to say, not at Gateway. More than half of special needs parents reported that they had kept their children from participating in a religious activity, which would be like day camp or Sunday school or the kids meeting over here or a small group because support was not provided or they had been expected to stay with their child at that activity. So you can come in, but you need to stay with your child. Gateway Kids Buddies will help reach families of special needs kids in our community by creating a haven at church. It will build community of support for many families. I am really excited about it, and, and I am praying that even right now, like some of you are going like, that's what I want to be a part of right there. I walked through this campus, and many of you did, during our very special Christmas party and it was, I was amazed at the amount of people that came out. There's a huge need out there and a huge opportunity for us to reach out and then share the hope of Jesus. What's the need? Are you ready? Because that's really the question, isn't it? What's the need? The need is this. Number one, 20 gateway buddies. 20 buddies or volunteers and a director for the buddies program. That's it. What we're looking for, now we'll start if we have 10 or 15, but what we need is 20. So of you to go, I, I think I can do that. I want to do that. Now, you, you're going to be trained, and they have a tremendous training program. You're going to be trained, and then we need one, one person to go like, I, I think God's speaking to me to be the director of that program right there. So how can I be, be involved? I'm excited about it. So we're going to continue doing all the others. But when we get to the end of 22, I'm just praying that we can report, hey, look what happened through Gateway Kids Buddies. Students, each Wednesday night, um, 
there are nearly 100 students in this building right here. You look around, you go like, really? It doesn't look like my student's bedroom, you know? <laughs> but they come, and it's incredible what's, what's, what's going on. And I have encouraged you to drop in sometime. Like, and even if you don't like students or they scare you, you can sneak up in the balcony. You can just watch, and here's what you're going to see happening. You're going to see students on this stage worshiping, and you're going to see teaching and discipleship taking place. It's incredible. Students connecting. It, it, it's absolutely incredible what, what, what's going on. But there, there, there's a need. And um, on Wednesday night particularly, Monday night they meet in small groups, discipleship groups, but there's a need on, on Wednesday night. And Josiah, I mean, how many years ago did you join our team? Feels like forever. Yes. No, kidding. Seven. S seven years? Seven. There we go. There we seven go. years ago seven is when I joined. Seven years ago. So, yeah. I'm on my seventh year. Yeah. Which is really amazing. I, I, I still can't believe you hired a 21-year-old to do what well, I did. Like, so, anyway. Sometimes I say, I, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, that was, really that was God, a real really gamble. God-led. Really no, God it was. Um, because uh, honestly, now uh, we're seeing the fruit of the ministry, and it really Absolutely. is incredible. So Yeah. But you shared two goals um, that will greatly impact our outreach to students. Yeah. yeah. So when I was when I was growing up in youth, um, it it wasn't it wasn't uh, so much like show up at six and leave at eight. I was there the minute school ended because it was right across the street from my high school, and so the minute school ended, I was there, and then I would get home at like ten p.m. on Wednesday nights. Like I just loved Wednesday nights, and that was kind of the culture of my whole youth group. And right now we have a culture of kids who are saying we want to be there until the late hours of the night, but we just have so much homework or we have so much school or so much sports and it's actually pulling them out. So they're, they're showing up for the, for the time, but we want them here earlier. And so what I did as a kid is I would go to my youth group after school, I would do my homework there, and then I'd go bang on the drums for a little while. <laughs> like, or I'd go practice guitar, or I'd sit in my youth pastor's office and have conversations with him. And we want to encourage that kind of community here. So we're starting something called the Study Cafe over in the, in the cafe over there, where we're just going to open it up for kids to come and do their homework here on Wednesday nights. Uh, the Crosspoint bus actually drives up here, so we we're just going to say, hey, get on the bus on Wednesdays, come and get dropped off here. You can do your homework for a few hours. In order for that to take place, though, um, as many of you know, this is the secret to my job. This is how you get kids in the room. Food. You just need food, right? <laughs> right, Natan? Yep. He's food, the only yeah. kid who's coming to the cafe right now, yeah, by the right, way. So right, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, we need food. And so to do that, we need two things. We need people to come and set up and prepare food for the students on Wednesday nights. If you feed them, Thank you. If you feed them, they will come, right? And so uh, we need people to come set up these meals, and then we also need people to give in order to purchase these meals. We, we would love it if, if we could say, hey, here's the budget for going out and doing the shopping um, for someone to come in and help us coordinate that and say, you know, this is how much has been given so you can go out and get food for the kids. Yeah, so, you know, and I know some of you are asking, okay, how, how am I going to get involved in, in that or right. Gateway Buddies? I'm going to tell you at the end what your next step will be. So hang on, that's coming. So that we had two options with Study Cafe. The option was to appeal to our amazing principals at school to, to stop the homework. Just to, just to relax on the homework, yeah. just a little bit. But it, that's it, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, no, I've already barked up that tree yeah, a few okay, times. So it's yeah. Study Cafe. So instead, right. we're just going to start a Study Cafe. Yeah. And uh, we know, I really do believe that uh, when we got kids like the kids that are currently coming, when they're kind of leading that charge, it's going to fill yeah. up really quick. And so um, right now, the need is small in terms of the amount and portions of food, but it's going to quickly build. I can, yeah. I can already tell. 
tell that. The other thing that we really need for Wednesday nights is uh, security volunteers. So right now, uh, as many of you know, we have amazing leaders, um, but even in the past few weeks, we've had a few things happen where it takes us out of leading, and we have to go and address some kind of, and, and somebody on campus or somebody here, a few weeks ago, we even had to call the police at one time, um, and that just takes away from the night. We don't, I, I don't want to be thinking about that. I don't want my leaders to be focused on that, and I definitely don't want the students focused on that, and so what we need is a presence of, of of security on campus on Wednesday nights. Now, we have two that are kind of committed to doing it um, on our team, but we need more volunteers to come alongside them and say, yes, uh, yeah, I'm afraid of teens, but I can patrol the campus, right? Like, I can walk around, and I can, I can keep people who shouldn't be here away, and I can keep the kids who are supposed to be here in, because that's, yeah. that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, it's, not just a, it's not just a certain person that we're trying to keep out. It's just we literally can't have anybody who doesn't have background checks um, on campus amongst the students on Wednesday nights, just for their safety and because I want to know that that's not happening. So um, if that's you, we would love to have you on our team. And yes, th we have the trainings and all that stuff, and we'll incorporate that in. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you. Awesome. So. Good job. Thank you. So another way, a couple ways to be involved. Going to continue doing everything else, but these two areas need attention in a brand new area, Study Cafe. Well, we have um, local regional and global outreaches. It's what we believe that Jesus has called us to do. This is the commandment of Scripture. So what are we going to be doing regionally? And I, I'm excited to, to introduce you a brand new partnership that I'm going to invite you into in a number of ways. But first, let me introduce to you the table. We all have a story to tell. And we are looking for a faith that is real. Welcome to The Table, a church where you can find a place to belong, believe, and become who God has created you to be. We're a community of faith who really do believe that it's the love of Jesus that changes everything. It's changed all of our lives, and now we want to bring that change to the world around us. The Pacific Northwest is still one of the most unchurched regions in the U.S., and we're going to be planting a brand new church in the South Puget Sound, where there's over 100 nationalities represented, and half of the population is under the age of 35. We're so grateful that you have chosen to invest your prayers and your resources to help us bring the hope of Jesus to those who so desperately need it. Thank you for your partnership and helping us launch the table. Because of your giving, lives will be changed for eternity. That's the thing I love about Jesus. He invites us into a relationship with him and then he shows us, hey, let me show you who you really are. Exactly. The way that Jesus lived is he crossed all of these relational bridges. He talked with people that didn't sound like him or look like him. I love what 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. When life disappoints, guess what? God reappoints. Mm -hmm. That's yes. right there. Gotta preach. Gotta preach. Come find hope at the table. 
So would you welcome Beth Backus to Gateway today? So right here, you saw her on the video there. So Beth has her doctorate in educational leadership. I finally got it right, right? So, and is an experienced church planter. We've known each other, I don't know, for a number of years now. I forget how, how long. And I was really excited when Beth, um, you, you stepped away from a district position to follow the, the call of Jesus to plant a church, right? And uh, I'm really excited. Well, I'm really excited that we can partner with you. Um, I don't know if you noticed or not, but, uh, but uh, um, Beth mentioned something in, uh, in, in the video there right. that is, um, it's the only place that I'm aware of that is true. Yes. What is it? And yeah. it's not only the most, one of the most diverse zip codes in Washington State, but in all of the U.S. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I understand there's no other place like it. So at yeah. least it's, it's a leader in, in that, right? And so God has, has just planted you guys right there. We saw a part of, you, of your team. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the table and the kind of timeline. We're going to talk about how we're going to partner with you. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, well, during the yeah. pandemic, Greg and I were dreaming about what was next, and uh, God gave this very clear vision to plant a multi-ethnic church in federal way that would present the gospel around a table in more of a conversational way with different diverse voices at the table. And so uh, that's where it was birthed during the pandemic, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, right. A good silver lining, I should say, yeah, out of the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, so half of the population under the age of 35, tremendous needs. And uh, just last week, in fact, just Friday, this is fresh off the press, we found out that we are going to be able to lease space inside wow. of the Commons Federal Way Mall. Uh, yeah, isn't that fantastic? Right there in the mall. Yeah. Yay. Well, that's true. That, now, that's going to be an opportunity for us too, right? Right. And we're the first ones hearing about it, right? You are the okay, very well, first ones just hearing had to make that it. point yeah, right yeah. there. Okay, we told so. our team last <laughs> yeah. night. Okay, the team knew yeah, first, of course. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about um, how you're moving forward. And launch date is when? Yeah, launch date is April. We've been holding monthly yeah. interest meetings. About 50 people a month have been gathering, saying, yes, we want to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, and I love that we share uh, the same vision, right? To make yeah. disciples of all nations, right? right? right. And uh, so we are going to be holding monthly pre-launch services mm -hmm. and then going weekly in April. And uh, it's just amazing to see the momentum starting to build and the favor that God's given us in the community so, already. So how is, how is the table kind of connecting? I mean, how are you getting the word out? How, yeah. are, how are people hearing about it? Because I you know, I mean, if you have 50 coming right. to a pre-launch meeting, right. like, I forget what the right. exact, but like the average church in America is, is right. what, do you know? It's like, yeah, it's like 100 people, something less than like 170 that. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, just our team is out, and then we have, a, as you saw, a very diverse team. We're out in the community. We've got team members with nonprofits that are already serving the community, and, and just divine connections. Yeah. I sat next to a lady a few weeks ago. Uh, who just escaped Afghanistan, just escaped the Taliban. When we were all watching the news just five months ago, she was one with her four kids. Wow. Uh, God placed her next to me on a plane. I get her information. Uh, our church has been able to provide food. We went over there. They didn't even have rice or some of the basics yet. Uh, she's coming to our house this afternoon with wow. her family. Wow. And so God is just uh, bringing uh, relationships. There's such great need, and people are so hungry for hope. Uh, so we're also online, Instagram, Facebook, yeah, yeah. all of that. 
as yeah. well. You know, it's interesting because it is true. I, I just heard about the Afghani family first at 9 o'clock yeah. gathering, and, and it really connected with me because God just, like many, laid it on my heart for the Afghani yeah believers over there so even just this week in just a particular unique way so to hear that mission field is coming here yeah so we'll always have to have that's to right. go there right that's right so they're coming here yeah i i support missionaries like you do all yeah. around the world yeah. but the nations truly have come to us uh, at our back door just our street where we live we have uh, Pakistani neighbors, we have Eritrea, we have Mongolia. It's like an wow. international avenue. And, and God is giving us open doors because the nations have come to us. Yeah, so um, we're going to partner with the table. So we're in, our, in a partnership now. Yes. That's why Beth is here. It's not your first trip here because we're going to drag you back yes. to hear reports of what, what, what's going on. But I believe that we're a going church. I've used that term before. We're not ascending church. Yeah. And to make David happy, who's hearing me right now, we're not a sending only church. Okay, how's that? We're a going church. Here's what that means. You can go the federal way right. and never be there, right? That's right? You can go through your prayers. You can go through your giving. And you can go physically. We're going to talk about how we're going to partner. So we're a going church. So we're engaging locally, regionally, and globally. We're going to hear in just a few moments. So let's talk about specific needs. So, okay, you, you got this um, building or this room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we've already been out in the community. We haven't even launched yet, but uh, for example, in November, we were able to give backpacks mm -hmm. to about 100 of our unhoused neighbors, feed a warm meal. Uh, we were surprised the needs out there on the streets. It was incredible. We did a toy drive for foster kids. We are going to be having quarterly outreach events, and we just need people to come, come and okay. serve food, yeah. come and just be a part uh, and uh, serve the community with us. And uh, also finances is huge. We're right. about 65% funded. Okay. So we need about uh, another, just under 2000 a month in monthly pledges to continue okay. forward. Good. I'm going to tell you how you can support the table on a monthly yeah. basis too. And, and um, I know after the nine o'clock gathering, um, we had an electrician step forward right. and go like that was exciting i can help yes. right yes because that needs so you might be sitting here with a skill like that connect with beth she's going to be in the lobby afterwards and go like i can build or i can do electrical stuff and yeah. or whatever it is yeah we've got to renovate this space yeah. in about six weeks yeah <laughs> and uh, it's a big i mean sweep or do anything yeah, right anything. Yeah. okay so the financial need you already mentioned about a little less than two thousand a month i'm going to tell you how you can connect with that. And then of course, prayer support, right? Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Before yeah. I did anything, I, I started building a prayer team yeah. because it is prayer that makes all of the difference. Last week we were told there's no way you'll be able to get in the mall. And I texted our prayer team of about 30 people that are here and all over the country. And just Friday they said, you're in, we'll lease the space to you. That's so that's the like, power of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's your human eyes, right? You can't do that, but then yeah. God opens up the way. Yeah. So we're going to help find hope, mm. help people find hope yeah. over there and people of different nationalities. I'm so excited. Tom, we couldn't do it without you. Yeah. I mean, Jesus never sent out anyone no. alone in scripture. No. He always sent them in teams. Right. And this is a big job. It's, it's overwhelming, but right. to know that gateway is behind us, right. it's going to make all of the difference. Yeah, we're going to do it. So yeah. Beth is going to be in the lobby. So look her up, give her your card, get her card, yeah. do all that kind of stuff. And man, I'm excited. Thanks so much. We'll see you in a little bit. Appreciate okay, it. right on. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yay. And okay, one last thing here, and then we, David, David's coming out. So, um, so locally, local outreach, regional, 
and, and now, now global. Um, a few weeks ago, we had one of our India partners here, and uh, we talked about global missions. And India, you know that India is one of the most persecuted places for the church now. You know, they're in the, they're in the top ten. And we heard about it, how churches are being attacked and so on, and, and pastors are being arrested in India. And we have a unique opportunity to step in and help. So, here's David. Here he is. Here he's he here. is he's right here. there. So, he's here. He's here. Um, who leads our global missions and our regional and, and, and local. He's our missions pastor, if you don't, if you don't know Dave. So, Dave, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we heard from our friend about what's taking place, but also this incredible ministry opportunity that's taking place in their home. Yeah. Well, it was their home. It was their home. Yeah. There, there's a lot of persecution going on against the church in India. Right. We heard that very Sunday that he was here about another church that was attacked and the pastor beaten up, and it was just awful. Uh, but these people, like the people in Acts, when they're threatened, yeah. they pray for boldness. Right. And that's who they are. And you can see behind you there in the picture, yeah. they gather every Sunday. They don't call it church because that draws too much attention. They call it their Sunday brunch. And they just serve. They, they have food together. Own, uh, our friend yeah. provides food. And yeah. his son on the left there actually leads worship. He plays piano. One of the people in our church gave him a guitar to help lead worship there. He's just an amazing uh, musician. So as a family, they're reaching out to people and in a place where there are no Christians, essentially, and they're leading people to Christ. They're discipling them. They're sending them up in the mountains. But they're in a place that is falling apart. When it rains, it comes through the roof. The, the foundation is falling apart. The walls are cracked. There's water coming through the walls. And we have the opportunity to fix that house, right. which is more than a house. It's a gathering center for ministry, and it will be for years to come, I believe. Right. And so Ohm has moved out of that, right? Correct. Now, and uh, we're actually going to introduce to you new partners, in, or additional partners in India come yeah. March, I think. Yeah, some aging right. missionary young couple yeah. are going over to help Ohm, and they're leaving in April, and they want to come over and be with us in March. We'll introduce you to them. So we're going to help. Um, repair and restore that ministry center where that is taking place right there. The, the roof and the walls, I understand, are, are basically It's bad. Caving it's in bad. Or something. Yeah. But we can fix it. It's fixable. Yeah. They get a, a, an estimate of how much it would cost to fix it. They said for $60,000 they can restore this whole place. Yeah. And so that's a long-term investment in ministry in this really unreached area of India. So $60,000 sounds like a lot to us. Yeah, but it's, but it's for the Lord. Right, right. I mean, and I believe that we can do it. I believe that we can do that. And what, what will happen is ministry will still continue and people will find hope, right? They will Jesus. absolutely find hope. Yeah. It's amazing to hear the stories that Ohm tells yeah. about how people are coming to faith and yeah. finding hope. Yeah. So we can do it. I know we can. We can. And so I'm going to tell you now how, how you can respond to the children's need for Gateway Buddies to Student Cafe um, uh, that Josiah just talked about to partnering with the table, and then partnering with this effort in India to restore this ministry center. If you will just go to 360-209-8040, you know that number because we talk about it a lot. It's coming up on the screen right now. And just text ROAD. So text ROAD. Is it up there? It's coming up. There we go. Just text ROAD to 360-209-8040. And what you will get back is a link to the website where you can say, I want to be a gateway buddy or I want more information, a student cafe. I want to 
partner with the table through giving. You can give a one-time gift. You can, you can share your partnership there. Um, go, it, it will take you to push pay where you just go down to the table or this effort um, in India. So it's all right there. So you just text ROAD to 360-209-8040. And I believe that together we're going to make a difference for Jesus. Amen. So you think we can do it? Yeah, I do. I think we can do it. Listen, and honestly, I, this is my heart. It's, we're not doing it to make gateway anything. It's not about gateway. It's about the kingdom of Jesus. That's why we're doing it. He says, go and make disciples, and we're going to do that very, very thing. I'm going to invite you to stand, and I'm going to pray. Can we do that right now? Next week, we launch a brand new series on healing broken relationships. Will you just re- remember that? Maybe bring someone along. Healing broken relationships. We're going to spend five weeks or so in the book of Philemon. It's just a one chapter. I think there's 25 verses. You should read it. We're, it's all about healing broken relationships. And, you know, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, how many have suffered from that? Probably all of us would in some way or another, maybe through no, no fault of, of your own. Healing broken relationships. We'll launch that ne- next Sunday. But did Jesus speak to you? So I just want to ask you that. Did, we talked about gateway buddies. Did you kind of feel like, man, that, that might be something I want to check out? Or maybe the student cafe or partnering with the table over there, reaching a hundred different nationalities. Um, maybe being a part of a team that goes over and helps the restoration process or a financial partner, prayer partner, India. How did Jesus talk to you? I want to encourage you to go to that um, our, our text in thing and, and wrote and, and take the next step. Don't walk out and go like, oh, okay, that was whatever, and I'll just kind of keep praying. I mean, we need to pray. We need to pray. That's the most important thing. But let's together do this. Amen. So, Father, I would pray that you would speak to all of us. Speak to me. Speak to us, Lord, about how you're going to use us this year in these areas. God, enable us as we continue doing what we've been doing Enable us, Lord, to step out in faith in these areas, Lord, um, for just the one purpose, and that's to help lost people find hope through a relationship with you. That's our prayer. God, would you just remind us that you want to use each and every one of us. None of us is exempt from carrying out this commandment of making disciples. We all are privileged with the joy of partnering with what you're doing in the world today. And I thank you for it, Lord. Just keep us focused. When things try to distract us in this life, keep us focused, I pray, on this mission of what you have called us to do. And we'll give you the thanks and you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.